Welcome back to season two. We are so grateful for your continued support and for those new to the podcast. We look forward to sharing our getting dirty and growing strong stories with you. Where the Lotus Grows is an entirely listener-supported show. Supporting us is also designed to support you through keeping the growth flowing and also through rewards like guided meditations, personal affirmations, and extended behind-the-scenes content of our adventures and podcasting. Hop over and visit patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows and become a supporting member of the Creatitarian community. Getting dirty and growing strong. Hi, Courageitarians. Welcome back. Welcome, Courageitarians. We're happy to have you. Season two of Where the Lotus Grows. Last season, we had a few conversations discussing gender stereotypes. So we talked about catty women and competition between females, women helping women, and the importance of female friendship and the value of both finding and being mentors. Today, um, as we start kickoff season two with these first couple of episodes, today we want to talk to you and take a moment this season and just share, share a few stories of things that we learned from the strong women that have influenced or changed our perspective. So what do you have? Well, when you first had this um, topic, you know, women who changed us, it, it brought me back to wondering about women's suffrage. And I know that we have, you know, consciously decided not to make our podcast um, an activism, you know, podcast, because sometimes we want to go that way a little bit. Sure. But <laughs> the 19th of men, uh, Amendment to the United States Constitution granted American women the right to vote, a right known as women's suffrage. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, ratified on August 18th, 1920, ending almost a century of protest. And so I'm wondering, where do you think we are with women's suffrage today? Oh, wow. First, let me go back and say that I agree with you that it doesn't, I, we don't want to, we want to welcome everyone and not feel like we're pushing some sort of agenda. Um, but I think you and I can both agree that um, equal rights for women and the ability to vote. And I don't know, it just seems like common sense in today's day and age. It <laughs> and, does. Um, it doesn't feel like we should have to be activists for this. And at the same time, unfortunately, I think that there is still a push because equal rights between sexes does not exist in all categories across the board. And we are still finding that even now, in 2019, um, that there are big, loud... (laughs) areas where um where women are not seen as equal to men and I don't think I want to just say this I don't think that men and women are equal in abilities 
I think there are things that men may be better at. There are things that women may be better at. There are differences between men and women. What needs to be equal is the opportunities across the board for men or women to be able to do and be and participate in the same things. So voting, I, we do have that. And it's crazy to think that in 2020, so, I mean, it, it was only a hundred years ago. Yeah. And that just it's not that away. long ago. No, I know. There are people still alive on the planet <laughs> who could not vote as women. And now, you know, I, like I, mean? I have to keep reminding myself about that. Cause I'm like, we should be further. And then I look at it and go like, oh, it's not really been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes a, a lot of a common thread of when we got onto subjects like this in season one, like a common thread really boiled down to humanity, right? It, mm-hmm. It's bringing that unity together. But, you know, I'm wondering if we can vote, do we vote? But I, I also observe that in our government from, you know, me standing on the outside and looking in, oftentimes I see a group of men making decisions and voting on, for example, women's health. Mm-hmm. So, so are we really, ex- so are, yeah, are we really exercising this right to vote to the best of our ability is what I'm wondering. Like, that's a question I ask myself even like, like what could I do differently and how do we get, for example, I brought up this example of women's health. How do we get women around that table? Sure. Well, I, so here's, here's the thing. And I, and I kind of wish I would have known ahead of time, um, just to kind of fact check to throw a fact out there. Cause I'd love to look it up and I, and I don't want to do that in the middle of our podcast for our audience. Um, <laughs> but I am, um, interested. I do think that the proportion of women who do vote, um, is probably relatively equal. Do you, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the, per- I don't think that there are less women voters. I think that the people in charge higher up. So I think women running, and I think we're seeing that we're seeing a big change in that. There's a big shift. Well, yeah. in that. I think um, there's a shift, not only in women running for office in all local state higher up, I think that it's that we're seeing more and more women uh, moving forward into those positions. And I just think that they didn't before. I don't think as many women took on that um, job. And I think that that's something that's happening a lot more often now. And so I think that women were voting. They just didn't have women, other women to vote for. I also think um, just based on how many more women in the last, just in our lifetime. So let's just say, let's just say in the last 40 years, how many more women are, or how many more men are willing to vote for a woman. So I think that's the second component. So I think the representation component is there. There there hasn't been a lot of women running and now there are, but I also think that um, I believe it was it during Ford. There was a woman that ran for president. I can't, think of her name off the top of my head either and it bums me out that I can't think of it right now but I think um at that time in our history I think it was less likely for a man to be willing to vote for I mean I think that that's what happened with our last administration I I mean popular vote wise then a woman did win but I think that uh when you look collectively 
I think that there was still apprehension from men to vote for women, maybe even from women. I don't, I don't know what the statistics are, but to vote for a woman. So I think that that's interesting as well. So I think as far as getting out and voting, I would say without looking at the facts, I would say that, that it's probably close to equal that women and men both vote. Well, in 1870, who do you vote for, you know? Right. And even if, you know, you bring up the point, well, perhaps women have never run for a political office or people were willing to vote for well, a woman they, in political office. And that's why less. we, and that's why we don't see them around the table. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't you think maybe you should con- get a subcommittee of some females? <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's, that's maybe I'm being it. shitty, but <laughs> well, but that's where that's representation matters right and that's a Mm -hmm. big shift right now that we're seeing happen that we're seeing happening it's the same with people of color um it's always been old white men throughout our history in this country so the country's only 200 years old women have only had the vote for 100 years roughly um or 250, whatever, whatever it is you know what I mean like so we've we've made these strides and in some it feels like it's been we've come a long way and in other ways it's like, wow, we're still fighting for this. Mm-hmm. So the representation. So again, representation of people of color would be the same thing. Well, I did some fact checking just on uh, presidency candidates. Okay. So in 1872, Victoria Woodhall became the first female presidential candidate and her candidacy preceded suffrage for women in the U S In 2016, Hillary Clinton became the first female presidential candidate nominated by a major party, namely the Democratic Party. And the world's first democratically directly elected female president was August 1st, 1980 in Iceland. And you don't have to look um, only in the past to find women shattering glass ceilings, right? Like you and I have just spoke about, we're seeing very many, you know, a, a greater number of women kind of breaking those glass ceilings right now. Right. No, I think that's good. I just remembered it wasn't um, for president, it was vice president. It was uh, Geraldine Ferraro. She ran for the vice president position, the Democratic Party in um, 84. And then we do have to give a shout out in the Republican Party. Sarah Palin was a female VP option in 2008 so that's um and then you know we've we've since now our um we have many females running (laughs) for for the opportunity so i um i think that it's starting to happen um i was really hopeful well let me just say this i am excited about the representation across the board with politics just in general for women and for people of color i would agree so we're we're starting to see diversity on all levels yes and and i think it's good because like you said so you were you you brought up um in particular women's health care and so why are men why is someone without a uterus have any say about a uterus and I, I absolutely agree with you um and I think going back to what I said you know 
old white men have just been the ones to make the decisions. I think that's happened in many areas. So I think that there, health is one of the, those things. But even now, pharmaceutical companies still typically do their research based on men. Men, right. Even um, though it's for a female issue. Mm-hmm. Just um, Oftentimes things are studied on men. Maybe oftentimes things are studied on white men. So where is the research on people of color? Do you know what I mean? Because they, there, there may be different. Um, so just like physiologically, I'm not saying that there's a physio- physiological difference with people of color, but I'm saying like different populations who are at different risks for different health conditions. Like it would be nice if there was a little bit more um, representation in science in that way as mm-hmm. well, if that makes sense. So if you're in a, in a population that has a higher risk for specific health condition, you know, maybe when pharmaceuticals are being tested, that it should be tested on that population specifically, if that makes sense. Like it, uh, just genetically um, people with, with predispositions. I don't know where I'm going with that, but just back to <laughs> men and women. <laughs> yes. Um, it is interesting that, you know, many drugs are tested on men and they're not tested on women or they react differently with women's hormones and that kind of thing. And th- those things aren't taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. I wanted to talk about specifically and I love that you brought up women's suffrage but more specifically um women who changed us and women that we find inspiring so and I want to throw a disclaimer out here um our moms are not going to be on this list or on our episodes (laughs) and it's not because we're um, not proud of or inspired by our moms or any of that good stuff we're saving that we're going to tackle that on another day so I was looking at um, I thought of three people just in my life who influenced me in a way that um, helped me to grow and be who I am and why. And so I just wanted to briefly share these stories um, with our audience. So the first of those, and I think I brought her up on a different episode once before, but I had a Girl Scout leader in middle school who was really pivotal in helping me at that time just embrace being weird and having fun and just kind of being authentic. And I don't think that I appreciated the things that she taught and the things that she did for us until I was much older. And so when I reflect back now on an adult who was okay with being silly and really promoted um, authenticity to me, then I really have to give a shout out to um, Sherry Pickett for being an awesome inspirational lady in my life um, to just take a group of like a ragtag group of girls and really promote us 
and help us just be who we are and not really care about what other people think of you. And it's just something that at that pivotal time, like at middle school from about, I think I was 11 when I first started with her and her troop all the way up through um, probably like 15. Those are really pivotal years to learn things like that and to really learn that it's okay to be you and it's okay to be weird and it's okay to have fun and be silly and not take yourself too seriously. And she really did a great job um, helping me to do that. And I would probably be able to say um, also for the other girls in our troop. Um, my second shout out, and what's really interesting is as I thought about this, I was like, these are people that I haven't talked to in a really long time. <laughs> so it's fun to, to um, throw them out here. My second person is uh, I worked as a receptionist in an office a long time ago and the office manager, um, her name is Brandy Woodall. She was really forthcoming in her story when I met her. She really took me in and kind of guided me to, I was 21 maybe when I started this job and had never worked in an office before. She was really helpful in teaching me how to do my job specifically. But also she was somebody who had overcome a lot of hurdles in her life and had used health and fitness specifically. She was a triathlete, um, Mm -hmm. had used health and fitness to kind of overcome a lot of obstacles in her life. And it wasn't until much later, you know, in my yoga journey and becoming a yoga therapist that I could look back and reflect on. She was the first person that suggested, I had done yoga prior to that, but she was the first person that suggested that, you know, I go to the gym to kind of burn off some of my stress and that I, that it was cool to kind of do those things. Um, that it was fun to use your body to release tension, to get rid of, you know, stress, to kind of, you know, combat those things. And she really played a bigger role than I had considered in my um, journey, you know, getting into anatomy and physiology and how stress works and like why all of those things kind of tied together. So shout out to Brandy Woodall for that because she was very pivotal in that growth and development for me. How about you, Kim? Did you have any people? I did have people. Yeah. Um, I did have people in our, in my um, life. I think the first one that I um, really had as I was thinking, as you were sharing your stories, I was thinking back, to um oh my 4-H days Mm -hmm. and Jan was my uh sheep 4-H leader and her husband was my photography 4-H leader and they were a mixed race couple which you know when you enter 4-H at eight um and I was born in 71 so that would have been like 79 right Mm -hmm. if I'm doing the right math it was still kind of a new thing and you know I've shared that I had a very conservative rural religious background and so she really opened up my eyes not only in the fact that all people are the same right in unity I got to experience a different culture Um, but she also taught me about leadership 
Um, her and her husband taught me about creativity, how to manage a project from start to finish, um, you know, how to uh, look at things through a different lens mm-hmm. that would, um, you know, you know, don't look so much at the obvious, right? There mm-hmm. are, are subtle things to see and appreciate. Uh, Jan also got me onto or uh, mentored me onto my first boards where I got to sit at board meetings and do things for politicians and go to our capital. And so she really helped me navigate that for myself and, and foster that in me from a very young age. Um, she mentored me from the age of eight till I was like 16-ish, I think, 16, 17, somewhere around that age um, that I stopped doing that. And then most recently, while I've had the business, uh, probably two years into the business, I had this client come and she's still a client today. And, you know, I just, you know, I kind of, you know, don't really know the person yet, but like, she's a VIP, a very important person in some regard. And, um, she quickly got herself into the Super Bowl one year and, um, you know, came back with some swag and I thought, yeah, she is a VIP, but, um, she's really mentored <laughs> me and my customer service of my business and being a strong, empowered woman. And, um, she's the one that nominated me for my TEDx and, yeah. um, I kind of learned through the process with her, um, you know, she has held me up at times, you know, to, and also challenged me at the same time, uh, and to, you know, to do things to kind of enter this new arena, you know, like, and she's a, she's a Buddhist and, um, you know, I've gone to some of her, um, temple stuff and, and learned about her religion as well. She's opened up that part of herself to me. And we, so we've talked about, you know, where our, even though from being two separate religions, where our similarities are. And, um, you know, it's, so it's just those, they, they, they're simple little things at the time that really add up to this big thing that when you're looking back, you're like, wow, that person has had a big impact on my life with those little nuggets of information, but you know, those little pushes. Right. Right. I feel the same. I think I have the the pleasure of meeting her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did meet her. <laughs> you did. Um, I I felt that as we were going through these, as as I you know was thinking about this topic, and you know we had already spoken of our mentors, and uh, I we covered a few people in that story. But going back a little further, yeah, you you see these little pieces that you're like, oh, that person made an impact on my life, like a big change or shift happened because of just little seeds that somebody planted that you had no idea were even being planted (laughs) when, when it was, you know, when you interact or have interacted with, with these women specifically. So I just, I just loved seeing like reflecting back and being like, Oh, that person had an impact on me. That was life changing that I didn't even see it at the, at the time that it impacted me in that way. I agree. And, and for our listeners, we did um, connect with uh, a mentor story in season one, episode 54. And so if you're interested in hearing more specifics about um, mentors, you might also be interested in that episode as well. 
Awesome. So I wanted to take a minute here and just talk about some current women who inspire me and ask you about women who inspire you. Uh, just This was just a little list off the top of my head of currently right now in my life, um, women who help me stand beside me and really support me. So in the first group, you're, you're included in this first group, Kim, and I would assume that this group is also on your list. Um, but we have a, a small group of our cohort from school um, that we kind of do a mastermind with together. And so there are four of us, uh, myself and Kim and two other ladies that are building our business and building our um, brands, even though I hate to use that word. I'm kind of going out into the yoga therapy world specifically, and we have made it a point to contact each other regularly, hold each other accountable. We bounce ideas off each other. We've got that group chat going where we can just share funny things or ask, you know, hey, what's right here? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Um, and really lift each other up and hold each other accountable. And I love it, like in all areas of life. Um, so you and I obviously um, have this podcast and we we work on this together, but you know, Maggie and I, you know, are friends on our fitness pal thing and we, we inspire each other that way. And, you know, Patty's great for, um, business stuff and, and working through, um, moon cycle things. And just, I love our little, which we call ourselves the moon ladies. Maybe I shouldn't have revealed that, but it's kind of cool <laughs> that, um, the group of us together, really helping each other. Um, my BFF is a personal trainer and, um, a yoga teacher as well. And we, go to yoga every Sunday like church and have breakfast afterwards. And she helps to keep me grounded and keep me sane. Um, I have a group of high school friends. There are four of us from high school who still keep in contact. And we try to get together at least twice a year um, to catch up and we champion each other. And again, have that group chat that we, you know, do <laughs> and make be like, can you believe I ran into so-and-so's mom at the grocery store just randomly? Um, and then our uh, MUIH, Maryland University of Integrative Health cohort. So there are 15 of us there that I think almost all still stay in contact from time to time. And we have a group chat that we do <laughs> um, and ask questions and support one another. Um, my midwife was a woman who has definitely impacted my life in many positive ways. And not only was she my midwife and helped me through my pregnancy and in bringing my um, daughter into the world, but now I work with her uh, practice doing prenatal yoga and working as a yoga therapist through her office and working with some new moms and babies. Um, and then I have some clients and friends past and present who continue to inspire me and just be just awesome ladies, awesome women. Like a lot of my clients are, are older than me and I just, I'm in awe of the things that they do and the things that they teach me 
while I'm working with them. So how about you, Kim? Well, I agree. You know, I have the moon ladies and um, I really appreciate our connection that we've fostered. Um, I, I believe it's a connection beyond what we developed in our cohort. Mm -hmm. um, our friendship and our business relationship has really inspired me and helps me grow. Same. My dear friend Cheryl, which you heard me talk about on the Sisterhood group uh, on that episode when we did that. Um, and our MUIH cohort, you know, it's a, still a group of people that I can trust to go back to and, you know, say, hey, I'm kind of stuck. Uh, has anybody experienced this? Any, you know, tools or tips that, um, that you'd like to share us with? And um, then we have our, you know, our celebrity figures, right, that yes. inspire us. Historical I think, and literary. <laughs> yes, and I think that we both share Maya Angelou and Brene Brown, right? Brene giving yes. us permission to be vulnerable and to educate us on empathy and shame. And Maya Angelou is just so eloquent and graceful in tackling large subjects in such a poetic way that are, you know, very difficult to unpack. But she could always find that common humanistic thread to it absolutely and just a representation of of just being of strength in so many ways uh on my list i also had and i kept my list short because i was like i could go on and on and i felt like i did that already <laughs> with the people in my life personally so i wanted to keep my historical or literary figures a little shorter um, but, uh, and this is kind of dorky or whatever, but, uh, on my little vision board of women who inspire me, uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler from Saturday Night Live fame are also really strong feminist figures of women who are able to do and make things, all things possible and still be funny and be strong and have a sense of humor about it. Yeah, some additional ones that I had were Malala. She's the mm -hmm. activist speaking out about the Taliban and girls' rights and specifically to education. She's also the youngest Nobel Pre Prize uh, recipient. For uh, now, mother I think that may change soon, I'm just saying. Oh, maybe. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, mother <laughs> Teresa, right? We have, I've talked about uh, her mm -hmm. dedication to the sick and the poor. Um, Anne Frank, who wrote extensively as a means of self-expression and self-preservation of both her adolescence and the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Oprah, amazed at how she continually redefines herself throughout her career and to have, have as a, you know, a female, mostly single, I mean, even though she has a life partner, um, mm -hmm. she's amassed a net worth of $2.7 billion. And then yeah. Ellen, the... Um, she has been awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016 and continues to remind us that the world should be a more fun, kind, and loving place. And she's also an LGBTQIA activist. Um, and so those are my top ones. I think yours are on my list, too, and I just was trying to keep it short. So I absolutely agree with you. Um, and I love your list. And thank you. And I love that you're on my list. We're, I'm going to get all sappy and people are going to be like, okay, well, you guys can stop talking to each other and loving on each other so much. But um, you're awesome but, and inspiring as well. Like, just a little side note, like, seeing you do your TED was so amazing. And I've never been, like, so proud and just, like, 
beaming from the front row up at somebody ever <laughs> that much <laughs> to see you get up and do your TEDx in Toledo um, this last September. So it was really awesome to see that. And that was very inspiring as well. You, well, you tackle things head on for sure in a way that I aspire to. <laughs> yeah, oftentimes I jump in and then go, oh, wait, now I've got to start treading water. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> but that's where, you know, we take this. And I think we've had this conversation. You know, we're, we're trying to take that and let that vulnerability and the ability to try to do that thing be our superpower. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And so turn that into the thing. You know, what I appreciate most about our relationship is that we both um, have had, you know, some trauma in our lives, which, you know, gives us, you know, certain lenses that we look through and we both have very full lives, but yet we are still there for each other creatively. We still give each other grace when somebody needs to step back for a moment. Um, You know, if something's bothering one of us, we, you know, just jump in and have the conversation so that we can both feel at ease. And those are all really difficult things, um, you know, to, to be able to do and do gracefully. And, you know, even through my panic of preparing for the Ted, you know, I, I, a pickle arrived and you were there, you know, we've, I was even, you were there for me, even as your life, you know, wasn't that smooth. <laughs> well, you know, like, sometimes it's nice to take on somebody else's stuff so that you don't have to deal with your own. And then that is a thing that I do. So that was helpful for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, I really appreciate the relationship that we've, you know, really been working on developing. Same, same. And I think that I'm circling back. This is why female relationships are so important because I think we do share some common values in that way. And that is how women help other women. So the take-home opinion for today's episode is just about reflection and reflecting back on people who make a difference in your life. Um, It's a really nice gratitude practice. Reflecting on the people who currently make a difference in your life saying to those people, I know that you guys might not want to hear Kim and I gush over each other the way that we do, but it's really important to have that kind of relationship and to be able to do that for one another, because let's face it, we spend a lot of time as women on emotional labor for other people. And so to have the kind of relationship or to even have the practice, even if you don't say it directly to the other person, to have the practice of um, expressing gratitude and feeling a little gratitude for those people in your life. Taking time for reflection in general can be healing, inspiring, and refreshing. Um, so I just, for our listeners, you know, think about it for a moment. When was the last time that you held the thought of somebody fondly in your mind, appreciated what their relationship, no matter how brief it was, how, how much it meant for you? Like, it was really cathartic for me to think about people in my life, women in particular, who really helped me um, and what that meant to you. And to just take a moment and have gratitude, to take a moment and think about, oh, I wonder what this person is doing now. You know, I hope that they are well. I wish them well. Um, These are just, you know, a few of our stories, uh, examples of that. So uh, 
I, I agree. You know, like I hadn't even thought of Jan and Rudy um, until we broached this conversation, yet they were a big part of my uh, childhood and upbringing. I do want to share too, because you said, you know, when was the last time that you, you know, thought about um, someone fondly? I love to do this gift. Um, I get either, a, it's a homemade object and I've used baskets, I've used ceramics, I've used glass. I like to get a lid to it because, you know, dust kind of accumulates and you don't really Mm -hmm. want that. But um, I've done this for some of my friends where I will challenge myself to come up with 60 to 100 things that I love about them. And I write them out on individual strips of paper and then cut them up and put them inside um, the object that I've gotten them, the piece of art that I've gotten them and given it to them as a gift. And I've suggested that, you know, when things aren't going the way you would like them to, or a storm has approached you, um, you know, reach in and pull out a slip of paper and know that that's something I love about you. Oh, that's awesome, Kim. I love that idea. Oh, I can think of like three people off the top of my head that I want to do that for. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Um, I think just in general, uh, we often on this podcast discuss a more emotionally guided topic. The purpose behind this topic um, and how it ties into yoga therapy is just that it was a contemplative practice. I think it's a reminder to slow down and really think about something, the ins and outs and ups and downs, um, and really find appreciation for thoughts, feelings, and experiences that to help you develop into who you've become. I think it's really important as we work towards, I think ourselves and our listeners, we have a a bond of being a little more self-actualized, of healing, being self-healers. And I think part of that process is to sit back and have like a contemplative practice where you think about where you were and where you are and how you got there. And I strongly believe that the root of this type of practice is gratitude. So when we're thinking about something that's negative, it's really important to sit down and express gratitude and and, and it'll pull you out of that place. So gratitude is more and more, there's even research coming out that it's an important part of um, positive self-esteem and mental health um, to have a complaint, a contemplative practice and a practice of gratitude. And that's what this was for me when I was thinking about women who changed us. And so our gift for the audience, if you go to our Patreon, and I think there'll be a link in our newsletter if you've signed up for that, there's a little contemplative practice based on this episode and the topic of this episode that we want to share with you. So what do you think, Kim? Anything else about how it ties into yoga therapy or what you think this topic did for you from that perspective? I I just like the, um, you know, kind of self-reflection, the self-study of it, um, the gratitude practice of it. And I have to say, I'm really geeked that we're giving our Patreon members a gift each time uh, they listen. They can run over and receive something. And I'm really excited to... um, serve and give to our patreon following absolutely so we are self-supported we hope that you go to patreon and give what you can 
And if not, we hope to just get your feedback. We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter on our email list. So you can find that at wherethelotusgrows.com. And of course, on social media, all things Where the Lotus Grows. We hope that you'll go give us a review. Let us know what you think. Even talk to us. We, we love talking to our listeners. We really like interacting with you guys. So let us know what you thought of this episode or any episode. We hope to talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Courageitarians. Thank you for being part of the Courageitarian community. We're so grateful for the reviews you've written, the member support, and all of the notes that you send us through social media. You can find the show notes at wherethelotusgrows.com. Our member platform is patreon.com wherethelotusgrows. You can donate to the show and get rewards for your support. This is really the best way to keep the episodes rolling. Also, come hang out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you, and we'll see you back here next week. Remember, though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended as a treatment or diagnosis. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation.